0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another installment of Casual Cognition. Today we're going to be exploring some craziness. We're going to talk a little bit about the great filter, the simulation hypothesis. And actually, later on in the episode, we're going to get into how that relates to Hindu philosophy. So it's a pretty pretty interesting episode we have for you today. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you want to support the podcast, please share it with your friends. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Or just share with us some questions, comments, ideas, maybe something that you've been doing creative recently. It's all fair game. And now, please enjoy this conversation with Nate and I, and welcome to Casual Cognition Episode 6.
1: What's up, bud? Good morning, my friend. Yes, it is a it's a good morning. I'm uh I'm a little slow this morning. A little sleepy. No worries. We got our stress juice. That's right. We're ready to go, man. <laughs> yeah, I just got to I just got to get that diesel engine humming. I'm gonna I'm gonna rumble into this one, but I am really excited about this particular chat. Gonna take it a little bit more lighthearted this week, um, and I was thinking about it. This uh, this conversation, you guys, is going to be almost entirely speculation. Like there is, there's a few facts and figures we can throw in there for fun and context, but this is going to be mostly us taking wild liberties with um sort of thought experiment type things but it's going to be fun because today we're going to talk about aliens <laughs> that's right everybody
0: aliens do they exist who knows but we're not going to I mean we're not really going to go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, we're gonna be more exploring into some different, like you said, Nate, different thought experiments and some different hypotheses as to what is going on with extra extraterrestrial life. So, um, first of all, I wanna just throw you guys some staggering statistics. It's funny because in one of our earlier episodes, I remember vividly stating that we weren't going to be reading off very many statistics and figures from the interwebs. But then I realized that it's actually kind of fun and it's a nice way to kind of (laughs) create a little bit of a diving board for us to jump into the topic from. So I got... I got a lot of these uh, statistics from this awesome, awesome article, Um, there's this blog called Wait But Why, and if you guys haven't heard of it, it's amazing. This guy does long form blog posts where he really dives deep into these different topics. I would highly recommend it, especially if you like reading and if you want to go kind of more into this. He's a super intelligent dude. And he's also just hilarious. He has good uh, like images and figures to kind of represent what's going on. But um, so just to like set a starting point here, some of the statistics I saw from this article. So um, there are between one and f- now the figure is more like 500 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. So in our galaxy, between 1 and 500 billion stars. So already, we are completely outside the realm of what a human being could possibly comprehend. Like, by orders of magnitude, it's just already completely incomprehensible how many stars that is. And there are about as many galaxies... In the observable universe, as there are stars in our galaxy. Okay? So, basically, what that leaves us with is there are around 10,000 stars for every grain of sand on planet Earth. Holy shit. Yeah, that is staggering. I mean,. There's not <laughs> there's not much you can even say about that because it's completely beyond the realm of imagination. like 10 to the 23 stars. So 10 times itself, 23 times insane. Um, so nuts. And then to bring that a little bit further, um, so if 1% of sun-like stars have a planet in the Goldilocks zone, which is this area, basically it's, we, we talk about the Goldilocks zone as it's like this, this kind of uh, band around a star, depending on the size uh, and like what kind of star it is. It's, it's this area where you can have uh, liquid water. Uh, and if 1% of sun-like stars have a planet in the Goldilocks zone, then there are 100 Earth-like planets for every grain of sand on Earth. So, where the fuck are all of the aliens? That's, <laughs> that's the question. There should be aliens everywhere. There, there also sh- known should... as
1: the Fermi paradox.
0: Exactly. So that yeah, the Fermi paradox is like okay. From, based on from the our math, predictions, there should be aliens, but there's exactly. Not. Yes, exactly. So based on our predictions, what we understand uh, from a scientific standpoint, there should be thirty-six intelligent civilizations in our galaxy alone. That's one one figure, um, and there should be, like, billions of them across the observable universe, and we haven't been able to find any, um, like, confirmed or, like, obvious signs of other alien civilizations. Uh, there have been some interesting um, sightings from, like, Navy pilots and and you know you can look into that i think there was one there was a navy fighter pilot who came in contact with a what do they call it they don't call them ufos anymore because then Dude, you're a tinfoil hat person that but they call it so something much. else yeah, they, <laughs> yeah that they, was they funny gave it
1: like a uae or something like unidentified aerial i don't know i, I forget exactly what it was but yeah. yeah, but basically, UFO, they just man.
0: came up with a different term for UFO because they didn't want to validate all of the like tinfoil
1: hat UFO it's, it's sighting people. It's fucking UFO. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't want to give us this one win after years of people saying UFOs are real and everybody saying, no, they're not. They didn't want to give those people their one victory and just say yeah. there's fucking UFOs. I hate that. Yeah, so, that made me so mad.
0: Yeah, it was pretty funny. I mean, and of course they're not saying for sure that it's an alien civilization, but like no. what from the technology that they saw from the vehicle, they don't believe that any of the superpowers like have that level of technology. Uh, so that was really yeah. interesting. But you can you can learn more about that. Uh, do you do you remember the guy's name?
1: Uh, Honestly, he was on I Joe don't. Rogan. He's on he's on the JRE. Um... We can maybe we can maybe put it in the
0: show notes for people who are interested yeah, it's a pretty yeah. interesting I'll put podcast. some stuff in the
1: show notes and there's there's a bunch of stuff on there the the government actually released some like official papers on it so um but for the purposes of this podcast we are going to assume that we don't have any contact with aliens that we know of right now um, yeah and when it comes to like uh you know alien
0: civilizations we have no for sure we have no evidence of that like maybe you know there's these weird things with ufos but that doesn't really you know we, ha- we haven't seen any like alien ruins or any really science even even we haven't picked up any signals any radio or any electromagnetic signals that we're aware of uh which we kind of expect uh, we would expect, given um, intelligent civilizations at a similar or higher
1: technological um, level to to where we're at. Yeah, so the approach we're going to take to this conversation is we're going to talk a little bit about the great filter and um, our great filters... And it's it's basically a possible answer to this Fermi paradox of, um, you know, why aren't there more aliens out there that we can see? And it basically goes that life in some stage of its development goes through some kind of event that is called a great filter that ends the civilization or stops its progress before the point um, either that we are or shortly after where we are so that any civilizations that have popped up before now or that are currently existing have or are soon to hit this um this wall that prevents them from going forward um the easy one to point to right now right here is climate change you know if if it's very common for intelligent species to take advantage of fossil fuels then it's very likely that many of them would go through something like we're going through where they begin to realize that um, large scale burning of fossil fuels can drastically affect the climate of their planet Another one from a completely different view would be the great filter could have been the point at which mitochondrion started to um, get into other single-celled organisms and, and work symbiotically with them. Because there was a long, long time before that first mitochondria um got into the cell and that was kind of as far as evolutionary biology goes that was kind of the the catalyst for multicellular cellular organisms to begin to evolve so the thought is that well maybe it's really hard for that particular change to happen and there's a lot of single-celled organisms around the galaxy but there's n- there's no other multicellular organisms or they're they're significantly more rare yeah. Yeah, so um yeah, just to
0: like fill in a little bit more of the background with with the idea of the great filter is like so like you kind of mentioned, it is a it is one of the ideas, which is like, okay, why don't we see um extraterrestrial life? The wow. one of the options, one of the ideas is the great filter. And um just a little bit of background, there's something that's known as the Kardashev scale, which is basically, and this is related to the Great Filter, but so there's like three types of civilizations in this scale. Uh, Type one is a civilization with the ability to harness all of the energy on their planet. So we are, according to Carl Sagan, we are kind of at like a .7 So we're not quite a type 1 civilization. Uh, But then the next next type, type 2, would be the same idea. So the civilization with an ability to harness all of the energy. But for type 2, it would be of their host star. So that would be, and that's when we hear these concepts talking about like a Dyson sphere, which is this like mega structure, which, I mean, of course, this is our like rudimentary low-tech idea of what it could what it could be but like yeah, Dyson sphere is so 50s I love it yeah like it's a mega futureism. structure that just that you build around a star and then it captures all of the radiation
1: yeah it'd be like the uh, size of Earth's orbit around the sun but just yeah, one just big massive sphere, hollow sphere that basically yeah. just harvests via like solar panels and stuff the energy of the sun. Yeah. Which, like I said, it's just so, 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 such a retro futurist vision on it. Well, let's just build a big fucking jawbreaker shell around this. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So, you know, more in all likelihood, it would be something completely incomprehensible from what, from where we're at right now. You know, like this is, you know, if you, if you showed, if you showed a hunter gatherer a phone like, they would think it's fucking magic, or that you were a god or something, or if you had a lighter, like, they would just shit themselves, they would not be able to understand it at all, so it would be, you know, a similar kind of leap in technology, um, and then type three is the same idea, but harnessing all of the energy in their entire galaxy, so, the, and the idea is, you know, if you get to type three, you're gonna be It's going to be pretty easy to see the activity going on there there is going to be some large-scale operations happening that should be visible uh in other places in the in the universe and so the great filter is like this there's some barrier because we don't see that the idea is that there's some barrier that stops everything from getting to type 3 and I love this. Uh, this is again from the "Wait, But Why" article. But he talks about he's like, okay, so there's three options. The first option, we're rare. The second, we're first. The third, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just thought that's hilarious because, like, okay, so if we're rare, it's like then that there, means that
1: th- means we probably already passed the great filter
0: exactly if we're rare we pass the great filter uh and maybe there's some, and there have maybe been a few
1: other civilizations that have but they're few and far between uh, And if you have ec- one that's a galaxy across the universe you know we, we probably wouldn't be able to see the things coming from it or it, the, it would take so long that by the time they'd reach us one of the two of them uh, of us would be extinct
0: yeah exactly so those those are a lot of the different things that could go into that then the other idea it, it is possible that we're the first like we might be the first civilization to have passed the great filter it just, and seems, then, highly seems, it just seems highly unlikely it seems very highly unlikely so especially, especially snowflake of us. definitely especially considering that like you know the earth is actually relatively young compared yeah. to like there are some planets that Reached like maturity, or you know, this this kind of the way that the Earth looks now, where it's not just a giant f- uh molten ball of of thermal energy, but actually, you know, relatively stable. Uh, you know, there have been planets that have reached that like billions of years ago. So yeah, it's, the, the, it seems it very that Mars unlikely. Mars was like
1: that for a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there are yeah there there are some signs that there that there was water on Mars so there's some interesting uh, things to delve into there but and then the and then the last one is that we're fucked so we haven't reached the great filter yet and we're fucked that's so those are kind of the three options what, what do you think Nate what do you, what do you you think we're rare first or fucked
1: um personally and I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way as pessimistic but I think we're fucked <laughs> um, I think that it's highly likely that at least to me um, I think it's highly likely that uh, the sheer um, acceleration of technology is kind of the nature of the great filter for civilizations because as we've seen technology it progresses on an exponential scale and I don't see why that wouldn't be true for another civilization that, that, you know, had a fairly similar trajectory to us. I mean, obviously is going to be different for them, but the sheer fact that once they gain some kind of advanced technology that the that the rate at which they continue to advance will speed up. That seems to be something that um, intuitively would still be true to me. Um, So I think that industrialization, technological advancement, um, it just turns out to be a really, really difficult tool for... Um, things to handle that are used to adapting over the span of thousands of years and um, the other thing I, I think that that's one reason why we're probably fucked because it it, it does seem like we're fucked six ways to Sunday not like completely as a as a species but like as a civilization our, our civilization seems to be built kind of on a house of cards like one major tipping point and we're I mean we almost hit that level in the mid 1900s with the Cold War we almost had a nuclear war there's multiple stories you can read from that era that was like if a few people had fucked up we would have had a nuclear war which basically would have set our entire human civilization back a long way um So they it's it's between that climate change, the pollution that we're putting into the environment, um, the the mass extinctions that are happening in our ecosystem and all through. It's not like there's some kind of fucking Batman villain going out there trying to fuck everything up. It's like just just through our careless advancement over a couple of hundred years. It's not that much. Yeah. Um, That's a blink of an eye geologically. Hmm. But, um, you know, uh, coupled with all that, um, actually, why don't you respond to that, and then I'll get into one other thing. Okay. Well, I think it's just interesting because,
0: um, so I'm just going to lay out a couple for people, like these are, so we have already passed, Uh, a few filters and they may or may not have been the great filter but I think it's interesting to you can think about it you can we can actually look back and think about the different filters that we've already passed through so kind of the first one is from dead particles to living prokaryotic single-celled organisms so as far as we understand at some point, we went from just random shit floating around and getting, you know, you know, these little like pools of different chemicals that were evaporating and congealing and, you know, these weird chemical processes that somehow ended up with single with life. So that is just mind-boggling that that's even possible and then the next filter is going from like you said already from single-celled organisms to multi-celled organisms which you know you which are called eukaryotes those are the cells that make up every single living animal on the planet right so that's how you start to get more complex life and then the next one is going from a eukaryote to a big-brained organism, right? So um a brain is great. We have found a lot of cool things that we can use with it, but it takes a lot of energy. Uh and it's not going to help in every situation. It's not going to help if you're getting attacked by if you're alone and you're getting attacked by a pack of hyenas or like, you know, you a bear or like a saber toothed tiger or something yeah, maybe in some unique in,
1: circumstances led to the brain.
0: Yeah, and the thing is is I mean, I think they they were talking about this in in a Kurskasakt video, but you know, it took 200,000 years to get from pointy sticks to where we are now. So, it's <laughs> it's kind of a long-term investment and that doesn't always work. Um and then so then the next filter would be yeah going from big brain to the dominant species on the planet and that's kind of like this what we were just talking about and then from dominant species to multiplanetary species and then multiplanetary to galactic species so you're so in your view the great filter is yet to come and it's it's in this space of going from a dominant species on a planet to a multiplanetary species
1: yes okay and I think that when you look at the challenges of going to multiplanetary level, they're just they're sky high, and they require a lot of um, a lot of like coordination. So I think that there's another filter in there, as far as civilization goes, and society and culture goes, that we haven't passed yet and will probably be a long time before we pass it which is like and this is almost like a horror story to some people even thinking about this happening but all of the nations of the planet aligning under one singular view and one singular uh, like sort of system or at least they're they're working together maybe not all under the like the same government or something like that but They're at least not actively working against each other, which is that that's what we're our nations are doing right now. So, even though our species has dominance of the planet, we have all these like fiefdoms that work against each other. So, you know, China and Russia and the United States and, and Europe and the Middle East none of them wants any of the others to become a multi planetary government. And right. they're going to actively hamper progress towards. Obviously, nobody's trying to do that right now directly, but all of they are going to hamper each other's progress towards that um, that goal because they don't want to lose grip on their power. Hmm. So you almost have to become maybe not one world government, but like at least. The, the culture and the society has to be a lot more coordinated and working together than what we're we're doing right now in my opinion to yeah look at going in uh, multi-planetary but the there's one other thing that i wanted to mention that i think is really important um graham Hancock is the uh the person i think of when I think about this because he um he was the one who made me consider this possibility. Um it's possible that asteroids and comets and stuff are just more common to strike planets than, than we think. And, you know, we've definitely been hit by some big ones. And Graham Hancock thinks that we got hit by one about twelve to thirteen thousand years ago and there was already a Advanced human civilization back then just knocked him back to the Stone Age. So I think that it's possible that the Great Filter could just be like sort of cosmic events, whether it be a uh, an asteroid impact or some kind of solar flare or solar event, um, you know, like a radiation storm or something like that. Um, I don't know if you knew uh, about this, but there was a... I, th- I think the exact thing was a mass solar ejection um, or solar mass ejection I think that's how you say it Um, in the early 1900s maybe late 1800s but it was in the very early days of electronics Mm. and we can kind of see these things coming but only a few minutes out and there's there's some protections uh, against it in the infrastructure but if it's only really like in military electronics everything
0: else is mostly unshielded from that kind of stuff
1: yeah when the last one hit us um it was almost like more of a novelty thing like telegraph stations got blown out and various like communication things went down but because most people didn't use them all the time it wasn't a big deal but if yeah. that exact event hit us now it would basically it it would it would be one of the greatest global disasters that we could possibly imagine everything mm. would shut down imagine everything electronic just suddenly being not just turned off not just like shut down for a little bit like your fucking like internet fried goes out like completely. fucking destroyed yeah like yeah. blasted and yeah so i think that there's there's a big possibility for just a an uncaring universe to snuff out civilizations with uh with these incredibly powerful events that just happen from time to time we know they happen from time to time
0: hmm interesting
1: i i think i have a little
0: bit of a difference of opinion on this one i mean i definitely okay. see Uh, your point of view and I could see that as being being true for sure but when I look at these when I look at these different barriers the one to me that really sticks out is going from just dead chemicals and particles to life to me like that is the most fantastic and incomprehensible shift um, that when i look at all of those when i look at all of these filters so
1: well, that's and kind it could of a big be, one you know
0: yeah i think that's kind i of think the,
1: the the sort of uncertainty that leaves room for uh, all kinds of speculation including all religions yeah exactly yeah totally and
0: you know there was an amazing Uh, podcast on um, tangentially speaking. Oh, I wish I could remember the guy's name. We're going to have to put it in the show notes because it just completely blew my mind. I don't know if you listened to that one, but the guy talking about, um, yeah, the, the life like the emergent emergence of life on earth i don't think so you're not oh me that one. man it was in it was totally mind-blowing because this guy i mean he's he is pretty out there yeah in in his um in his thinking and he has it's just a really cool mix of like the scientific understanding and then these like wild mystic esoteric practices that he combined with with the the scientific process to like come to these different conclusions really really interesting that's that's really cool i, I would it. highly highly recommend checking that out just yeah, to you send just me that one. you you yeah your mind will be completely blown if you guys check that out um, so but yeah so but honestly like each of these if, if, when I think about it, they're they're all they all could be the great filter. It could be coming up. I feel like the most crazy one is going from no life to life. Um, that to me is just absolutely mind boggling. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's really it, it's not really something that we can. Like I, I can't really have my opinion with any certainty at all, you know. It's kind of just like yeah. I kind of lean towards this. This but is I, the but uncertainty feel, episode. Yeah, this is totally the uncertainty episode. I mean, there's going to be a lot more of those uh, cuz that's the whole I mean, that's the whole <laughs> process of learning. I mean, you don't necessarily need to come to a con- to a strong conclusion to learn something. You can we can learn a lot just from thinking about these things. And then, you know, also, yeah, th- this idea, I mean, it- it's kind of, I don't, one part of me is kind of like, well, this doesn't really matter, but it's such an interesting topic and an interesting idea. Like, okay, what is the, what is the great filter? Is it, is it when, um, is it when a civilization stumbles on the technology to generate a black hole and then consumes itself (laughs) or is it like gamma ray bursts like cosmic events that happen um asteroidal impacts thermonuclear war or is there are there a few or just one civilization that has reached type three that knows that if it wants to continue expanding ad infinitum like life tends to want to do then it needs to snuff out all other life forms and civilizations that are reaching the point where they can actually compete with resources
1: for that civilization what do you think about that huh (laughs) that I I don't think that we have anything to worry about there, <laughs> and here's why. First of all, because once again, I think that we would see some sort of sign if there was a galactic civilization like that. Second of all, but wouldn't if, they, no, if no, a civilization ahead. like that actually wanted to destroy us, they wouldn't. It wouldn't be Independence Day. They would just press a delete button and our planet would just cease to exist. I mean, people just have no no concept of how powerful a galactic type 3 civilization would be. It would be absolutely unfathomable. They'd basically be like gods to us. And... Um, but this actually brings me to one other filter... That I wanted to discuss. That will um, bring us to the next topic. So is, before I do that, is there anything else you wanted to talk about here?
0: No, I think I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, we. I think we even ran the risk of circling around a few too many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's okay. I think it's
1: so. I think it's good that we move on. Well, the last one that I wanted to go into... All these other filters are negative filters. Reasons why things won't progress. This last one is a more of a positive filter. So, what if the final great filter is that advanced civilizations that don't destroy themselves realize that rather than trying to go out and travel the stars, because that's really fucking hard, they find out that going inward into themselves and into their technology is the better way to expand. So instead of expanding out into physical space, they expand out into virtual and sort of mental space. And so an advanced civilization with super-advanced technology would be, you know, doing hyper-advanced simulations and creating worlds, experiences, and universes for themselves instead of trying to go through all the effort of making it to another possibly very inhospitable planet. Interesting.
0: Interesting. I guess that makes a lot of sense. It takes a lot of energy to move matter around. Uh, especially, yeah, like we have kind of talked about in a previous episode, just the sheer amount of energy it takes to reach escape velocity in a spacecraft is
1: just insane. So, yeah, and as far as we know, nothing can travel faster than the speed of light. So if that's the case then if that is true and there's really no way to break that speed limit and there's no way to like skip over space like through a wormhole or something then interstellar travel is just prohibitively difficult so why not just give up on all that and create experience for yourself I mean if you're in a, a hyper advanced civilization that's stuck on your home world you know you, you can you're probably to the level that you can prolong your life with uh, with technology you can you know sustain the planet um you can um you have probably basically unlimited energy through whatever it may be solar power generation fusion All these different um, renewable and hyper-efficient fuel sources. So, like, what would you do with um, near-unlimited free time, energy, and nothing to worry about?
0: Well, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah. What would you guys do if you had unlimited free time energy and nothing to worry about nothing to worry about well i'll tell you what i would be doing i would be making this podcast with you nate oh <laughs> thanks <laughs> and that's and that is and that is a fact and i would be engaging in stimulating conversation with you and our wonderful viewers, so makes me feel like I'm really in the right place. But I mean, so what you're kind of segueing into here is the what some people call the simulation theory, although it's more like a simulation hypothesis.
1: Yeah, I was actually gonna mention that. That was one thing I, I thought about when we came up with this topic. I was like, simulation theory isn't a fucking theory. <laughs> no, it's really not. A theory is
0: is that which the scientific community is most certain. And this is definitely not, not a theory. This is a hypothesis. This is a guess. It's actually proposed by a Swedish philosopher, polymath and physicist, Nick Bostrom or Bostrom. Um, and but I, I do want to bring it back because I really I really like doing this, bringing it back, all the way back, to way uh, back a way back to an earlier example of this. You know, we because this you know he he proposed this maybe fifteen or twenty years ago, but we can go back, uh, to the sixteen hundreds and even before then. But I love this example. If we go back to sixteen forty one. We should talk about Rene Descartes, the French mm. philosopher and the Taking evil way back. genius. <laughs> so basically, he had this idea, like you know, he it's really interesting. He he had this this process of systematic doubt, where he was just like, I am going to doubt everything that I possibly can until I reach this like the deepest level of truth. And, you know, that process of systematic doubt, like basically the only thing that that after doing that for his whole life, he found like there was like one thing that he couldn't doubt. And that's the famous quote that you that I'm sure everyone has heard. I think, therefore, I am. That's like the only conclusion that he could come to. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, in his mind, everything else is doubt. But part of this process of, da- I mean, so he's basically the which is, father. Which is of kind skepticism. of funny because
1: you and I, as uh, as lovers of meditation, would probably tell Descartes that he he should have tried some meditation, then he would have when he re- <laughs> realized that that one's bullshit too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that was.
0: It is a. It is an interest. It, it's kind of like a phenomenal
1: phenomenological existential way of truth. looking at it. Yeah.
0: Um, but anyways, I think the
1: better way of looking at his what he what he probably meant is like I perceive, therefore I am. Yeah. Exactly. He. he
0: yeah. What he was kind of getting on to is like I am conscious, or like there is yeah. consciousness. Um, yeah. So. I think it's kind of funny because I realized when I started thinking about this, I realized like he's, he's actually like the father of skepticism. He was yeah, he at is. least the first one that I can think of that was just like just fucking, I doubt any of this shit is real, even my own you know, and okay, so to go back to the evil genius basically he ran this thought experiment that was like, and this was through this process of systematic doubt where he was like, okay how do I know That I'm not just a, like, that the external world doesn't exist. That, like, there is an an evil genius, (laughs) that's one of the translations, who is basically just, like, like you could think about it as, uh, like, how do I know that I'm not just a brain in a vat? that is being stimulated in certain ways to make it feel like there is an external world and to make it feel like and have smells and thoughts and have all of these people like there is absolutely no way that we can know that that's not the case. So I can't trust my senses. I can't trust anything I see here feel. It's all like I don't know, I could be being controlled by an evil genius and i just thought that was hilarious like just imagining a maniacal uh j- evil like just just the those <laughs> just thinking about the evil genius and he has like a you know a wand or something and he's just like shooting uh he's just stimulating a brain in a vat <laughs> to like make it think that shit is happening when it's not
1: I find it so funny that this is an evil genius, like, I'm going to, in in my vast evil, I'm going to create this fascinating, beautiful world for this brain to experience, and he'll never know that he's just in a vat. Like, that seems like kind of a, kind of a nice genius, unless he's one of the ones that created, like, a Rwandan child soldier or something like that, but for, uh... For you and me, I feel like our our evil geniuses have a have a soft side for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess the idea is he's evil because he's deceiving us. Like mm. he's it's not real. It's all an illusion and we're just getting deceived. So that was like yeah, the that why asshole he said, was just evil. let
1: me sit in my vat and perceive nothing."
0: Yeah, so yeah, that's <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be a it would be funny to go back and have a chat with him about that, but <laughs> Um I mean and that does there is some interesting things that we'll get to about that I think later on but so that's kind of you know and then we could go back even further and talk about the allegory of the cave and that's really like the first example of simulation theory but we're we're not going to go into that because I think we can kind of start going more into into this idea in the modern context and so the idea is like And it's funny because you know this this guy who proposed the simulation hypothesis is kind of like so if it is possible to simulate a universe we are probably like all by all odds we are in the simulated universe you know like because if there's one there's probably
1: a shitload
0: yeah there's thousands or millions or billions of simulated universes so like the chance that we are in the original universe that is actually like made of organic material uh it's just like infinitesimally small so if it
1: is possible we're probably in a simulation that's kind of the idea (laughs) just based on statistical odds which is you know these higher maths just get so trippy like, that's one of those implicatory... Is that is that the right way to say it? Implicatory? Um, an implicated thing based on mathematical probability. Like, okay, assuming that it's possible to fully simulate a universe and simulate consciousness, then just based on mathematical statistical probability, you're almost certainly in one. There's like a like a 99.999% chance that you're in a simulated universe. <laughs> like it's just so weird how how the math's work out at that level. Same thing with yeah. the stars, you know, like 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 calculating how many stars there are. It's just like what the fuck. Yeah,
0: just completely mind-boggling. But I thought I could ask you a question. Always so, You know, part of this hypothesis, there there are a few assumptions for this to be... Like, if these assumptions are true, then it's possible to simulate a universe. And if it's possible to simulate a universe, we are probably in one. So... Yes. The first one is that it, it is possible to simulate consciousness. Yeah. Do you think... That it's possible to simulate consciousness.
1: Um, probably. You think so? I mean, I. I might have to wait Pass. to get into. The, <laughs> I might have to wait to get into the third one to really get into. Why I think it, that it's maybe not possible, but it, I mean, the, my reasonings could 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 be could go either way. Basically, yeah. I think that there's something more in a human body besides just our our like the wiring of the brain and the nervous system that generates consciousness. So I think that you know assuming that a a, a whatever device hyper advanced computer we're talking about um could also simulate that whatever that is we can figure it out then yeah but um i i you know i've i've talked to you about a lot and this is going to get going way off topic but i i think that um consciousness is kind of uh an emergent property out of the strata of the universe like the the base um, um, structure of the universe rather than just completely uh, dependent on like I said our brain wiring which is just that's a little bit too, uh, too out there of a concept for this particular topic
0: but yeah, I but... think
1: that it's possible I definitely wouldn't go so far as to just be like no you you can't simulate consciousness
0: yeah one way one way that i think about it is because i i kind of agree with you um you know like or one way to think about it is like okay so if if consciousness is an emergent property of the universe then one way that we can think about human beings are so instead of like the brain is the thing that produces consciousness. Is it's more like uh, the the body mind complex is it's like an antenna. Yeah. Uh, and it like picks up these signals or like and amplifies them. Yeah. And it's it's like a you know like a TV set. Like the the signals are always going, but then you only have a picture when you have a TV like something to capture them kind of and like to yes and so it feels like it's like one thing but it's actually everywhere when you have the you know radio signals for example yeah that's how i so, see it
1: so if you could somehow simulate that antenna exactly so that's what i was going to say
0: like if you could if you could have enough processing power to simulate the antenna like enough complexity to so you don't so basically you don't actually have to simulate consciousness you you just have to yeah. simulate something through which
1: consciousness like, which, can emerge
0: yeah exactly and I think that's those are that's a very different idea and that takes a lot yes. less processing power um,
1: yes I would agree and I think I also think that you can like like the that there will be an emergence of something that is not the same as human consciousness out of machines. I think we're already starting to see that with machine learning and algorithms and stuff like, you know, the, the easy example is when Google had two computers hooked up and had like a machine learning program installed on both of them. And they like basically made up their own language and started talking to each other. And the programmers couldn't see, couldn't figure out what they were saying because they made up their own communication language.
0: Whoa, that's pretty interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, Although, yeah. They turned it off because they were freaked out about
0: it. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, I I don't think we're quite at that point yet. Like, uh, at least in my understanding, we're at a pretty rudimentary level when it comes to yeah. AI. Like, it's not. This would be like it's a, not like, actually. Like, because they talk about, you know, there's AI, but then there's like artificial general intelligence, which is like more what we think about. Like, it would be closer to how like a a human brain works. And right now, it's very much um, limited in its capacity. And and as far as we know, it's like way below this threshold that we're talking about where it becomes the antenna. Like, right now, it's very much just like you have these you know there's so few inputs that this the system is not like complex enough to be able to to be at that point as far as we know
1: yeah this is we're basically talking about star wars droids which is a hilarious hilarious concept to me it's always been weird like wait the droids can feel fear like mm. they can be afraid <laughs> does that mean they're afraid of death like what the fuck that gets mm-hmm. really dark. The implications of the droids in the Star Wars universe make it really dark. Yeah. All the droids are conscious. C-3PO is always freaking out. He gets, like, angry and upset and feels yeah, hurt. Yeah, that's true. Get his right, hurt. Yeah, totally. That's such a good point because,
0: you know, that's like a, like a general artificial intelligence because, yeah. you know, like you wouldn't. There there would be no reason to program a droid to, like, show, like, basically pretend or, like, to feel fear because that just, like, reduces your chance of survival, basically. Yeah. If you have somebody who's near you who's just fucking panicking in the middle of a chaotic situation. Yeah. Like there would Even be the no battle reason droids to do, do that. You can yeah. You can
1: hear the battle droids go, uh oh, bah like all of the droids in Star Wars are fucking conscious and <laughs> it's creepy. Oh man. It's it's a lot easier to show people with frozen light swords just dismembering conscious robots than it is people
0: right that's true at least for now but that's (laughs) going to be the next right now we're we're still dealing with uh human rights issues for now but it's gonna (laughs) it's gonna get to the point where (laughs) we're gonna be looking back and like man they
1: were Two hundred sh- years ago, two hundred yeah. years from now, just looking back, like, wow, they were so ignorant. I yeah, can't exactly. Believe the depiction <laughs> of robots in this film just being slaughtered by these evil Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they know each one of those feels feelings? So, getting back to the simulation theory question. I guess the big question is what I already asked before. If you had unlimited time, free time, free energy, and nothing to worry about, what would you do? Hmm. And the simulation theory basically says that you would come up with time energy of the restrictions and shit to worry about in another universe (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah but I also figure out
1: ways to keep playing the game yeah
0: and I I think that's a really good you know question because we, we, we talk about all of this like very very these are some very heady topics today very much just speculating and kind of thinking about oh what about this what about that um, and that's that's a fun game to play. We're, we're having a good time here. But I think it is, like, at the end of the day, because c- I, I like to think about, you know, we like to think about, like, the practical aspects of these things. So, okay, let's say we are in a simulation. So what does that mean for us? Well, first of all, and this one I love, like, we don't have to – take everything so goddamn seriously yes if we are in a simulation you know and and i'm not going nihilistic here like yeah in one sense you could say nothing matters but then in another sense you create your own values and there's a certain there's you know certain subset of these values that we can kind of all agree on and that's how society is formed and that's how it works but at the end of the day if this is all a simulation then why don't we work to make this the most epic and playful and loving and exciting simulation in the multiverse of simulations
1: yeah this is basically our if it's, if we're in a simulation this is basically our big collective art project yeah. And it doesn't matter when we die.
0: Yeah, so and and that's kind of like that's kind of why we're doing this podcast, you know? Like we this is this is what we I would be doing if it like if we we're in a simulation, this is exactly what we would be doing anyways because this is this is our way of giving giving our like our creative our expression essence. our essence back and 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 also uh, like to experience that from other people as well so from all of you guys and gals listening uh you know let's make this fucking simulation epic let's let's make it beautiful <laughs> let's let's learn and create and grow and love and play and of course yeah challenges man you, you, you got to have challenges. It's going to be boring if you if you don't have any challenges. So that's that's why it's built into the simulation.
1: <laughs> yeah. No good story lacks conflict. All good stories have got some kind of challenge and antagonist and difficulty in them otherwise there'd be no point in reading them or watching them. But um I think that nicely brings us to our final segment, which if uh, if we didn't get speculative enough with aliens and simulated universes, um, we're going to go even more speculative. And uh, we're going to talk about... We're going to talk to you about God. Or more about... Um, these concepts and how they relate into some various um, spiritual systems and um, Hank you mentioned Descartes before and how he uh, talked about this simulation theory um, idea I keep calling it simulation theory simulation hypothesis in uh, different terms but you could really take this a lot farther back and um, I wanted to start with kind of the, the concept in the Hindu theology of Maya which Maya essentially means illusion or magic or sort of like the power of a deity to, to kind of like create Things or affect reality.
0: Yeah, it's, it's generally translated as illusion.
1: Yes. Um, and it's a Sanskrit word. Sanskrit words don't translate easy. So if we talk about any Sanskrit words here, they're going to be loose translations. Um, and Maya, basically, the, the concept of it in Hindu theology says that the world all of physical reality is Maya is this illusion and the point of um, us coming into into this world of illusion is actually just um, sort of the the play of the divine like he splits himself into different individual personalities and goes into this false um, world and plays out stories and games and all these different dramas um, basically just to have fun. Yeah. Which is very, very uh, familiar after this conversation of simulation theory. Yes. Um, Alan Watts has a great, great introduction to this concept where he says, imagine your god... And you're walking through a palace, your palace, and in this vast, unending, beautiful palace, you have all these different buttons, and each button is labeled, you know, some kind of food or some kind of experience or some kind of show or something like that, Um, and you're just going around pressing all these buttons and having all these beautiful, wonderful experiences. You're pretty much in heaven. And um, after a long, long time of doing this and having all kinds of different experiences, you'd eventually want to experience a surprise, something you didn't expect. And then you'd find yourself listening to the Casual Cognition podcast somewhere on planet Earth. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, so the thought is is that your your human incarnation, your human life, is basically just... God's way of of um, playing a little trick on himself or herself or itself and having some fun and kind of freaking out for a little bit because, uh, you know, all, uh, the human incarnation is scary and there's death and uncertainty and you don't know what's going to happen from moment to moment. And um, the thought there is that after you die... Um, the sort of actions you did in life keep up with you and that's the karmic system and they follow you into the next incarnation you sort of like work out this energy over the course of many many experiences like this and this this karmic energy is the way that that system solves um, morality pretty much because the the easy thing to jump on with simulation theory is well why not just go out and be a fucking shithead and just do whatever makes me happy and be selfish and the thought here is that if you do that you're perfectly allowed to do that because in this system you are god Um, but you're going to as, as that sort of individualized personality you're going to experience the suffering that you commit onto the world. So you come into the world and all of your actions and thoughts and, and words and everything that you do has some sort of energetic imprint that you then have to work out. And um, it's sort of a, a, a grand scale version of the um, the no, no, for every action there's an e- equal and opposite reaction yeah exactly it kind of applies that to human morality and behavior it's like a it's like a esoteric morality Newtonian fusion thing yeah. like yeah so the thought is basically that you go in you play the game there's rules to the game there's no like breaking the rules it's just consequences of actions and you're allowed to have any experience that you can manage Yeah, and if you work hard you can have cool experiences and if you fuck up and treat people like shit you're gonna have shitty experiences and Mm -hmm. if you continue to be nice to people you're gonna have better experiences and the thought is that over the course of all these many many lives you have become nicer and nicer person you have better and better experiences and eventually you get tired of doing it and you stop you stop playing the game yeah so i mean
0: there is so much to go into from that uh yeah i I figured
1: i'd set you up nice gives you a nice
0: overview that was uh maybe i mean i've i already thought of there was many things that I wanted to respond to in that and I already forgot most of them. But that's I'm okay sorry. I went on and on. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's hard uh, to
1: not not set that particular system yeah, up with a lot definitely. of chat.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot uh going on in there. Uh there's multiple things I would like to respond to there. I mean the first one, just from a, uh you know, you talked about like being being selfish and like being an asshole um and in in this in this system you know you actually you kind of realize that being like the ultimate form of selfishness actually ends up being good for everybody the way that we use selfish like in our in the modern context is like yeah you don't give a shit about anyone else and you just only care about yourself But the thing is, is if you really care about yourself, then you're not going to be an asshole because that makes you feel like shit. (laughs) Like, in the end, you know, maybe in that that brief moment where you get to say the dickish thing, you feel your ego gets a little boosted and you feel a tiny bit better about yourself. But in the end, you're just going to feel fucking horrible. And so I love this idea that, like, actually the ultimate form of selfishness Uh, and this relates to this Hindu concept of like, if you have the, the understanding that, that like understanding the interconnectedness of everything and of all of us, then by helping other people, you're actually helping yourself. And, you know, it's not, it's also, it's not just about like just being nice, because if you're nice, but you're resenting being nice, you know, if you're in your head and you're, resenting the person that you're being nice to you know that's that's not really the same thing as this totally selfish form of giving where you just like
1: i don't know it's it's a weird way to put it it's kind of it is weird but the one one way to think about it is like it's selfish but it's predicated by disidentifying with your individual self Exactly. So you're identifying with the bigger self, the 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 human self of the or the planetary self of all of our connected life um lives and you are being selfish from that perspective of I want to um, I want to make myself better but myself being the entire world and everything yeah. in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and what, you know, what you find, you know, you hear people talking about things like the law of attraction and all of this kind of stuff, but, you, like, what I have found is... And, and it also goes back to what we've talked about earlier is, like, you know, with gratitude, for example, you know, the more time I spend being in this feeling of gratitude, the more gifts I receive from the universe so it's like it's this weird it's this weird like positive feedback loop that ends up happening but I also so that I also wanted to go back to like when you were first speaking about because you know you kind of introduced the um you know maya and the the this hindu theology and and another way that it's kind of described... I think Alan Watts describes it like this as well. It, for for any of you uh, ladies and gentlemen who have not heard of Alan Watts, check him out. He There's stuff of his on YouTube. You can uh, get his audio books. He's an amazing...
1: W-A-T-T-S. Yes, he's
0: just an absolutely amazing human being, a profound orator, and somebody who has... Uh, you know, he spent much of his life translating religious, spiritual concepts from the East and translating them into Western terms that we could understand. And one of the things he's that very he's, entertaining, though. Yeah, very and he's amazing. He's he's just you love listening to him. He's so just amazing. I can't say enough good about about that man. He's just incredible. A lot of influence on Hank and I. That man. Definitely. And and one of the things he talked about, you know, when he was describing this Hindu belief system is and you got into it a little bit. But like. The idea of that, it's actually a play. So we are engaged yes. in a play and we all are playing these different characters. And, you know, in in Hinduism, you have, you know, like the Atman is like. That's the 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 self right that's the
1: the grand self the grand self you could think about it as
0: yeah you could think about it as as the universe itself or like as consciousness
1: yeah that ocean of consciousness that we were saying like each person's the antenna the atman would be the consciousness that it's picking up exactly and And
0: so that in in their belief system, like that is the true self, but then there's kind of these other layers of like smaller selves that are kind of related to that. And so in 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 our world, the way that we experience it, like we are each playing a different role. Uh, and, and and this is super cool because it relates back to our, our um, conversation about the hero's journey, right? So there's all these different yeah. stories that are playing out. And then we are playing these different roles and we are, you know, these... Embodying arch-
1: we, different archetypes. We're
0: embodying different archetypes depending on where we're at, who we're with, what we're doing, and the story that we're telling ourselves, right? And that to me is just super epic. But the thing is like where, you know, because when they talk about Maya, like... Maya is also associated with with suffering, because when we when we believe that we are the character in the play, and when the character is defeated in that scene, then it's like, oh, fuck, I'm ruined, like I, my, I'm over, I'm done. Uh, and that's like very painful if you get if you get really attached to a certain character in the movie. And then that character
1: dies, like, then you're very sad. Um, AKA Iron Man, a little while back. Everybody was in utter despair. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, and, uh, but, but kind of the idea is like, okay, well, if, if I, but w- yeah, when we realize that we're in a play, when we realize that we're, we're just playing a character, then we can, we can kind of be like, liberated from from the story and especially from like a from an internal sense you know like we're not saying that there isn't pain in the world we're not saying that you should just ignore if if you're in a shitty life situation but but just understanding that like we are in a play and it's largely determined by the story that we're telling ourselves so if we change the story to like you know, I want, I want everybody in this play to like learn and grow together, and like have this have a good time, and have a good time, and we're all playing together. We're all learning. Uh, that's like that's just such a. Regardless of whether or not it's true, that is such it's such a nicer existence you know it's it's such a more enjoyable way to be and a way to interact with other people because then i'm not competing against all of you and i'm not and i'm not identified with my ego i'm just like i like it then i can just celebrate the wins i can celebrate everyone no matter what yeah And, and and that's just that's just wonderful regardless of of whether or not that is true or whether or not that makes sense. Like,
1: um, it kind of seems like a good way to go. Yeah. It's a nice way to look at the world. Um, and you know, one, one thing that a lot of people who get into Eastern spirituality, um, they, they are, they sort of like, I think personally, I think they kind of project this onto the systems, but I'm I know that there is a lot of this in in different um, sects in in the east. Um, a lot of times people get into thinking that it's like a school or something. Yeah, like it's or it's or it's like a like a like an on the job training or something. <laughs> like like you're you're going through a progression. It's a, um, it's a, it, it's like a, you know, it, what it really is in that view is what we were talking about a couple episodes ago. It's being too goal oriented instead of process oriented. Yeah. And it's not I about like getting the, to the, it's not
0: about arriving at death.
1: Yeah. Or, <laughs> like, um, if that's the, uh, <laughs> In in the Hindu system, it's called moksha, and the Buddhist system is called nirvana. Um, it's often translated as like enlightenment or liberation. Um, that's not the goal, or that's not the point. Um, the point is the experience, the play, the 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 lives or life that you're going through, and you know. <laughs> the the funny thing is that when you really delve deep into into Hindu theology the thing that people like that are working towards is it be like like somebody playing a a soccer game and just like thinking that the whole point is to get to the like the the final whistle being blown it's like like they're not even paying attention to the goals or not paying attention to the play <laughs> they're just like yeah well i'm trying to get to that final whistle because that's that's the end yeah that's when the game's over it's like yeah. well,
0: don't you want to play the game yeah another perfect <laughs> example with music like, no the game like, sucks if, my legs hurt it, like i mean with music like okay if the point is get to to get to the end then whoever can play the fastest is the best musician <laughs> and that's obviously not the case
1: or as Alan Watts said, you'd have composers that just played one big crashing chord. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> just like uh three, a two, a
1: one, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> Glorious! <laughs> we got there so quick. But yeah, the point in this in this sort of view um, on the world is that you're here to experience life as a human you're here to enjoy it yes there's growth that happens yes there's learning that happens but that's just part of the enjoying process of improving you know it'd be art wouldn't be nearly as fun as if 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 you just popped out of the womb with a paintbrush in your hand busting out Rembrandts nobody would find it special or exciting the the reason why these skills are so cool to us is that it takes effort and work and it's rare for people to actually put in the time that it takes to, to do something like that. So there, there's these built-in resistances in the system for us to work against. But it, ultimately, it is about experiencing life. And um, I, I hesitate to use the word enjoy because I really don't think that enjoyment is the, the entire purpose. I think that the suffering is part of it. The joy is part of it. Um, you know the, the gain and loss all of it's a part of it a part of the, the grand experience of being a human being um, and it also gives you space to be more patient with other people too because if you look at the world in this way then you can say okay well yeah that person's an asshole but he's just completely forgotten that he's playing a role so he's just getting really caught up in that that particular act he's been doing and now he's an asshole because he forgot that at the end of the day he's going to take off his costume and be everything's going to be fine and through that he's actually playing his role um fantastically because he's so caught up in it he's he's really he's really acting yeah and that's a really good point because a lot of people
0: you know when they first realize that they're playing a role they get really freaked out and they're like i don't <laughs> want to fucking play this role i want to i want to go i want to get the hell out of here i'm gonna go up into the mountains i'm gonna go to a and, cave and yeah go Nepal. to a cave <laughs> yeah and just like meditate and just i'm I'm leaving the game this game's fucking rigged and it's bullshit Uh, But like, then, you know, and this has happened a lot, like there, you know, there, there have been countless uh, monks who have spent, you know, years and years and, you know, decades developing their meditation practice. And, you know, they basically get to a point where they feel like, okay, I'm, I'm basically, I'm done, I'm good to go and then they go into society and they just completely cannot handle it like it just like because you know it's 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 easy to meditate when there's nothing going on i mean i'm still it's still not easy but over time you get used to it it's very quiet it's peaceful there's not people, a lot of people it's easy ego to meditate
1: and, in a monastery
0: yeah and and you know that's what they're for so but then you know when they come back and go into society then they like oh what the hell all these people are all fucked up but you know i think what we're kind of getting at is it's not that's not the point like there's a there's a middle way where we can be aware that we're playing the game but then still play the role like we have to we have to play the role we have to do our part um you know our roles here for all of you like we're we're facilitating a discussion we're facilitating a conversation we are encouraging your growth and development as human beings and we're in that process too you know and and you know we want to we want to bring all of you in to the conversation and into the community and the process of that and cuz that's what we that's the kind of simulation that we want to live in we want to live in one where we can share our stuff our our creative expressions and we can share your stuff and that's that's actually one thing i, I want to bring up real quick i mean this is pretty much we're getting to the end of the episode here but i really we, we got some really good feedback from one of our listeners you know we, we've been encouraging all of you to send us your stuff your questions comments all of that and um you know we, we kind of got feedback that was like okay well i want to send you something but I don't really know, like, how are you going to show it? How, 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 like, what does that look like? So I think it can be helpful for us to just, or I I just want to quickly, maybe we can explore that a little bit, Nate, like as we end the episode, but maybe if you have anything else that you want to say on on our last segment here, maybe you can throw that in or else we can just kind of go into that and end the episode.
1: Um, I think I'm. I think I'm done. Um, I guess the last thing I'll say is that, um, if maybe maybe give it a shot, maybe give what we're talking about a a shot, just as a thought experiment. Mm. You know, spend a day, and whenever you can, try to think that you're not Joe Schmo going to work flipping burgers, you know, don't have a whole lot going on, relationship problems, bills, you're having a hard time paying. Imagine that that's just a role that you've taken on for now, and one day, not too far down the road, you're going to drop your body, you're going to drop your role, and everything is going to be just fine.
0: Yeah, give it a go. I'd love we'd love to hear if if you if you if you try it out, we'd love to hear uh what your experience is like. Uh you can shoot us an email or yeah, I guess that's kind of the best way. Right now we have casual cognition cast at Gmail.
1: But yeah. Uh go ahead. Um and and send us send us um yeah, we can get files on there. And to get into what you were talking about, Hank, feel free to let us know if you'd like us to share it on Instagram or something like that, or if it's just for us. Um, we don't want to share anybody's stuff without their permission, obviously. And so if you uh, if you want to send us something through the email you know just send it with an attachment and just mention if um if you'd like us or not like us to share it with the rest of the listeners on the Instagram page or um I'm trying to start putting stuff on Twitter so we got that going too yeah and also
0: um you know so first I just want to say we've been encouraging this this sharing of creative expression a lot on on the podcast and so Nate and I have both. We have put our money where our mouths are. Nate has been sharing some of his paintings and some of some um, different paintings and things that he has seen from friends and acquaintances on on our Instagram. What's the what's the Instagram plug? It's just casual cognition. Okay, casual cognition on Instagram. Um, and I've you know I've been uh making the music for every episode so i've been sharing a little bit of uh through the introduction the outro just putting together some little little ideas for you guys uh having fun with that also yeah if you want to send us anything else you know um, cosmo did our new thumbnail yeah great uh great good buddy Cosmo he's also known as remnant.exe uh if you look him up on Spotify or or SoundCloud he he made our thumbnail which this was super cool because so we had the idea for the podcast and then that inspired Nate to do a painting which was the original thumbnail and then our buddy Cosmo who who does more like digital visual art um did like did a did he like digitized it and then we have another another friend shout out to timmy fucking great amazing human being and he he got inspired to make little like clips from our from our podcast so we're going to be releasing those for all of you uh to share and to check out and so it's just amazing to see how you know this this little gift that we are giving this creative expression is inspiring other people to be creative and uh you know having this and you know seeing those videos that Timmy made that was very inspiring for you and I Nate yeah uh, for sure I, and i just wanted to say one more thing like if you if you want if you have some music or something that you'd like to share uh and and you want us to actually share it you know you can either send it to us and we'll just listen to it and enjoy or we can you know we can throw it on the on the podcast we can we can have a little a little segment sharing people's music or and then if it's something visual then we'll i think we'll probably be doing it through instagram for now uh so that's like the practical um ways that we that for now that we're gonna that we're gonna go about it and then as as we develop we'll see if they um we, we'd like to kind of develop a more more of a platform for that uh for all of us to share our stuff and and not just the creativity, but l- different learning, um, learning resources, and and areas where we can have where we can have more of a conversation. Because right now it's just Nate and I having a dialogue, but we really want to bring
1: all of you into the conversation as well. Yeah, down um, the road we'd like to do some like uh, some user e- or listener email answering on on the podcast. So we've we've gotten a few emails and stuff but um, not quite enough volume to start doing that as a regular thing but down the road we'd like to we'd like to start putting some of on the podcast by the way another thing that people on uh, Neil Brandon's podcast how neil feel another great podcast um, something they have their listeners do is they will send them audio questions so they'll actually record like on their phone or whatever and then they'll send it into their email as like an audio file. Oh, that's they'll a great that idea! Play that audio file on the podcast, and then they'll answer the question. Yes, so that's let's a cool do that. thing you could do.
0: Yeah, if you guys, if you guys have any questions, I like that a lot better than just like sending them in an email. You can actually Me send too. us an I audio think it's really file, cool. and then it'll be it'll feel a little bit more like a conversation. And then down the road, we'll actually start to have more conversations and and open up a way f- so we can all um like ha have more of a dialogue together one thing yeah we have some uh, big ideas yeah so so we'll we'll get there I I you know um a friend pointed me to a to a podcast called the stoA and they they talked about this idea of the digital campfire and I just I thought that was a beautiful beautiful idea because you know if we go if we think about back in the Kind of hunter-gatherer times, the campfire was, you know, that was the place where everybody gathered around to have this kind of community where uh, stories are shared, and there's music, and there's, um, you know, sharing ideas, learning about things, and and you know, having a having a place where everybody can come together and and share these experiences. So we would love to do something along those lines. Maybe we'll I'm pretty sure they have it copyrighted, so we'll have to go with something like digital roundtable or something, but you know. <laughs> 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 but so, something along those lines, uh we would love to get that going. Of course, if any of you have any ideas on that, we're very open to we're
1: very open to that. Um Yeah, I'm going to get us a discord set up eventually. Nice. I'm going to um, get a little um, channel set up. I've got to have, I need to have one of my friends help me a little bit with it. Um, But yeah, we'll, we'll get a discord set up so we can all chat in there too. So that'll be fun. Awesome. So yeah, we're going to
0: keep developing this together. Thank you guys and gals so much for listening it is thank you it's just wonderful to have you and um we'll catch you next time
1: all right lovely listeners that's it for today thank you so much for joining us and we will see you again in two weeks